there isn't really, a, I don't think, a good process that every company has gravitated towards saying this is the best way to do it. And I think often tools do shape your processes. Each company has a different way of ideating and brainstorming and planning. That was maybe less of a problem before the pandemic because the in-person dynamics solved for a lot of the gaps in the processes. But I think they're becoming much more apparent in the post-pandemic world where you do need specific processes and tools introduced in order to make that explicit for teams to communicate better. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss modern web development with maintainers, founders, and developers. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer-first startups. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter, at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we've got Shen Kim. Shen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Yeah, before we get into what you're working on, I'd actually want to know who is Shin and uh, like how did you get to this point? Sure. Uh, my name is Shin. I'm uh, based in the Bay Area and the founder of a company called Eraser. We make uh, an online whiteboard for engineering teams. My background actually straddles finance and uh, engineering. I studied computer science, uh, yeah, got college and data science in, in, uh, in grad school. But I started my career in finance, working with tech companies in, in the Bay Area. I worked on some pretty cool projects like uh, the IPO of uh, Match Group, which is the parent company of Tinder, um, and then also uh, in VC investing. But uh, a common thread throughout my career has been kind of a passion for tools for thought, whether it's you know Excel or PowerPoint in finance or you know IDEs or Jupyter notebooks. I've always been fascinated by you know mastery of these tools that help us think through complex ideas as well as you know communicate them to other people. So and and that's uh, what led me to start Eraser. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, so I actually have a finance degree, and then found my way into tech. Wow, um, which is yeah, I, I've shared the story publicly a few times, but yeah, I'm always fascinated by fintech. Uh, I've already sworn off not going into that that realm uh, <laughs> and, and touching that because it's a it's a hard problem and it, it's it's for not the faint at heart. And yeah. uh, I'm enjoying working the the dev tools place. So for sure. For sure. For me, I think that's um, you know reinventing Excel is probably the idea that that I've sworn off. I'm just you know <laughs> it's this uh, trap that the people in finance that you know come over to tech kind of uh, fall into. <laughs> that's funny because how I learned how to well, I knew how to code from copy and pasting like in high school and in college and stuff, but Excel is what got me into writing code full time because I was doing sales out of college with the finance degree. And the operations of like setting up deals and doing macros inside of Excel, I, I learned all that to like Excel at my job, no pun intended, <laughs> and uh, got really and like went down the rabbit hole of like learning how to properly code and build web apps. And uh, yeah, it's a meandering path, and I'm I'm super glad I made it here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's, it's a, I think it's a good gateway to actually um, you know programming and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so you mentioned Eraser. That's what you're working on today. So do you want to give us like the, the fuller pitch and like what's the goal with it? Sure. So Eraser is uh, a whiteboard for engineering teams. Uh, what the product is, is you know we combine a markdown note editor with a infinite canvas. And you know we introduce a lot of engineering-friendly uh, primitives like code blocks, cloud icons, diagram as code, and keyboard-based diagramming. Which differentiates it from you know the general whiteboards that you may see out there, and we uh, are particularly more relevant in this you know remote uh, first hybrid world. And the two two main types of use cases are really 
the real time, which is brainstorming, ideating, as well as uh, system design interviews. And on the async side, uh, we have planning documents or documentation, architecture documentation documents that Eraser is used for. We launched in March of 2021, so... uh, a little less than a year and a half ago, and over a million people have uh, used Eraser so far. So, you know, really excited by how it's going. Wow, congrats! That's a quite the feat. But yeah, it, it's also a very great problem to be solving too, as well. Because as folks went remote, I think one of the the jokes I made early on in the pandemic was how Google was doing interviews, and because uh, the, the like missing out on the having the whole whiteboard. Turns out there's a lot of whiteboarding tools out there as well, and I, I discovered them all. And because uh, uh, I, I do a lot of live coding and and try live coding on Twitch specifically, and try to basically unblock my design, uh, architecture, and planning live on the air by also collaborating with other folks. And it sounds like that is one problem that that Eraser is solving. But I'm curious, like, what is what's the other stuff that uh, Eraser is solving as far as um, yeah the feature suite and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, you know, even in that live collaboration use case, I think there's actually a lot of unsolved problems. I think compared to when, you know, we were all co-located in uh, the office and inside of a conference room together, we do a lot less drawing. And I think it's because, you know, you have to open a whole app, you have to send a link, you have to ask, are you there? Can you see me? And, uh, and then you start drawing. And even then, you know, it's not like having a marker and, and having to go at a, at a whiteboard. There's a learning curve. Uh, and I think it's exacerbated by the dominant, you know, whiteboards out there, uh, whiteboard softwares out there being, you know, so general. They're trying to be everything to everybody. And so, you know, on their apps, on the primary interfaces, you'll see like 30 buttons. And you're like, whiteboard's supposed to be simple. Um, but, but it, the reality of the apps today that it's not. And I think the big reason why that's the case is because it is general. And, you know, that's why we're trying to build something that's specific for technical users. You know, focusing on concepts that are relative, uh, relevant, and um, also introducing um, ways to do common things that you have to do as an engineer uh, or a technical person really quickly. Whether that's um, you know, we can go into some of these a little further, but you know, we have slash command where you can kind of a, you know, it's a universal launcher to to put in say a Kubernetes icon or S3 icon and uh, Diagram as code, which gives you a DSL to really quickly generate sequence diagrams and ERDs. Super painful to create if you're doing that from scratch. Yeah, and then and then even for flowcharts, you know, just one click drawing of flowcharts or or using keyboard shortcuts. So I think the first part is kind of focusing on making things go faster, being really able to, um, you know, you mentioned your you know Twitch live streaming use case. You know, it's if the tool slows you down, it's it's kind of a conversation killer, right? Like if you can't really draw at the speed that you want to communicate, I think a lot of people just abandon uh, the tool and they just you know use um, other medium. the The second thing is really process. I think um, you know as we switch on to remote work, companies are needing to adopt you know different processes and and you know async culture, uh, a writing culture is you know often talked about, and I think. You know, we fit into that. I think it's a continuum. If you think about uh, uh, ideation and brainstorming, and then planning, and you know, receiving feedback, and then documentation once uh, you're done with your, your your task. And there isn't really, I, I don't think, a good process that every company has kind of you know gravitated towards saying this is the best way to do it. And I think often tools do shape your processes. And you know, each company has a different way of ideating and brainstorming and planning. And I think. That was maybe 
uh, less of a problem before the pandemic because there were, you know, the in-person dynamics solved for a lot of uh, the gaps in the processes. But I think they're becoming much more apparent in the in the post-pandemic world, uh, where you do need specific processes and tools introduced in order to make that explicit um, for for teams to communicate better. Awesome, yeah, and that I, I alluded to this too as well. Like uh, during the pandemic, I had gone through the gambit of like quite a few different tools. It was more of like a, the situation I was uh, not really working on a specific team, but I do have the regular chatters on Twitch that show up consistently. And every time I had to go sort of whiteboard and map out, okay, this is what we're going to build. This is how I'm going to approach it. Here are the features. It was like, oh man, what tool am I going to use? And I know Google has like Jamboards and. There's Miro that came out of nowhere, um, kind of a, a huge company. FigJam is the one I kind of centralized on, mainly because I already have Figma design templates, which I'm not a designer, I just happened to learn Figma during the pandemic. And I think the one thing you had mentioned that really was aha for me is like having quick shortcuts for engineers to model things out, like kind of takes a cake for all those things that I, I, I've mentioned because. Like I, as much as I'd love to put a post-it note and a fig jam, I don't want to do that anymore to, to sort of architect what I'm trying to build. But post-it notes are easy squares for me to grab. Exactly. And I mean, if you were to really boil down, I think the first generation of successful web whiteboards, uh, like Amiro, which is the 500-pound gorilla in our space, and I think fig jam is going head-to-head uh, against Miro. The killer use case, I think, is really sticky notes. And you know, if you look at their interface, you know, it, it, it is often the most prominent button. It is, you know, often very much emphasized. And, and so, you know, I, I totally empathize with you there that, you know, if you're using one of those tools, that's kind of the main, um, you know, tool that you're going to be using to, to communicate. And if you think about it, I mean, sticky notes are great, but it's not, it's not always the thing that, that, you know, solves your problems for, for engineering communication. And so, you know, that is, uh, you know, a paradigm shift. If you come from, you know, those apps to, to erasers that, you know, really try to, Make it easy for you to do the everyday things and and do it in a like you know one click or two click way. You know, uh, I mentioned the icons earlier. All you have to do is you know uh, press the slash key and then you know type in S three AWS, hit enter, and then you get an icon. And so you know it's 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 real. It's simple things like that. But but then again, because these whiteboards have grown so you know sprawling in their use cases that they support. There's menu trees and, and carousels that you have to go through to find the thing that you're looking for as an engineer. And again, you know that just doesn't work very well in a uh, live conversation. Yeah, the the wheels are turning right now. So I'm, I'm currently I haven't been as public around this, but I'm currently writing a book for Manning. And uh, part of that process is like you have to do some figures and, and diagram and and essentially whiteboarding, but inside what I've been using is Keynote <laughs> as my my tool of choice to make squares pretty quickly and shapes. But now I'm like thinking, oh wow, this would pair really well with the book that I'm writing to diagram all these examples and then ship screenshots. So like, what's the collaboration look like with the with the racer? So do I have my team join. Can I export some of these these whiteboards and import these in my documentation? Sure. Yeah. No, collaboration is a big piece of you know what we're trying to solve for at Racer. I think there were traditional diagramming tools, maybe like Draw.io or Lucidchart, yeah. um, that had less of a focus on collaboration, and you know we're built from day one as a collaborative tool. There's, um, first of all, the real-time collaboration. All you have to do is just you know, copy-paste the URL, send it to somebody, and they can immediately join. I think that's one of the differentiators as well, that uh, we actually don't require collaborators to sign up or create an account to be able to join and make edits. So it's super easy, um, you know, whether it's in an interview or a live Zoom call. Like, 
you can just um, you know send a URL. The other way is you know commenting as you would do on Figma or Google Docs. You can just leave async comments if you're soliciting uh, you know feedback in a more async way. Okay, excellent. I have a use case, literally tonight, because I'm actually creating some some diagrams, and uh, I've I've never liked using Keynote for creating that, but it's like once you have the hammer that you can solve the problem with, like I've probably been using Keynote because of doing talks and conference talks and stuff like that. I can create a quick diagram inside of Keynote, so I guess I can do that same thing, grab a screenshot, share that inside of like a Markdown file on on a GitHub issue or something. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think you're not, you know, in the in, in the minority even, you know, when you say you know you use keynotes, uh, you know, just talking to a bunch of engineers on you know what their favorite diagramming tools are. You know, everybody has a tool, but nobody has a tool that they love. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, more often than not, uh, you'd be surprised to hear, you know, uh, Apple Keynote or Google Slides. Um, just because it's there and you you know how to use it, and for Google Slides, it's real time collaborative. But I think you know what we want to do with Eraser because we're use case specific. Um, you know, I, I mentioned things like keyboard based uh, flow charting, but we want you to be able to build that muscle memory so that you get even faster, right? I think with the Keynote or Google Slides, the diagram building is not really going to get that much faster. But uh, with us, you know, for example, we have a set of you know shortcuts that allow you to draw an entire flowchart without ever having to touch the mouse. Um, you know, draw things, change shapes, move around, and again, that's that's just not something that you'll get in a either a uh, you know presentation tool or a generic whiteboard that's not catering towards technical users. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely see the use case, and um, uh, probably we do sprint planning every other Monday. So uh, I think next time in a sprint plan, I'll. I'll <laughs> Forego the keynote and actually pull up a eraser to give it like give it a go. So I talked about embedding this, like taking a screenshot, embedding this into like a GitHub issue. Uh, I'm curious where where do you go from now? Like, how do you integrate this in like developers' workflow? Are you do you have an integration with GitHub? Sure, um, that's something that's very front and center in our mind right now um, in terms of our product roadmap. You know, so far we've been focused on. The you know writing and drawing experience, the content creation experience, because I think that has to be really pleasant and and just polished. I think you know where we go from here is really embedding ourselves into the workflows of teams in a more deep way. And I think the first uh, place to go is definitely source control. So you know with a GitHub or GitLab integration, what we're looking for is you know the ability to be able to create you know diagrams and markdown notes, and then you know, uh, save it into source control, right? Um, so that, uh, and, and, you know, our, our format, which is, you know, Markdown as well as, you know, mentioned diagram as code, it renders it, 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 it lends it well to, you know, be committed to source control and you can run diffs and, and things like that because it's not a binary format. And so uh, being able to save documents inside of source control, I think is, is number one. The other things that also become really interesting that you're able to do is, you know, if you uh, create a link between a file or a code snippet and an eraser doc, you know, and and you know the doc is documentation for uh, how the architecture is or the, how how the code behaves. You know, when there is a a PR that that you know changes uh, the behavior of a code or um, a file, you know, there you could run CI actions to you know validate the documentation and and run alerts. And so I think. You know, kind of going from where we are today in the ideation, brainstorming, and planning world to I think you know even into the documentation world as 
we build uh, these these integrations. And obviously, I think you know with GitHub, there's also the Kanban board, the issues, and you know being able to bring in diagrams into those uh, in, into those workflows too. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to the to one start using this thing, but also two seeing how to ing- like what that integration looks like. Always happy to to nerd out on that, seeing how my closest to GitHub and, and, and building integrations uh, in, the, in the ecosystem as well. Uh, previously at Netlify, happy to share notes there. So uh, I'm curious, like, is there anything else you wanted to cover as far as um, Eraser and folks? Like, how can folks get started? Like, what's the sort of what's the mental model of folks reaching for us the first time? Like, what are they what what are they probably looking to accomplish? Sure, they're probably um, I would say you know in a conversation and they're struggling to really communicate, um, you know, an abstract concept, uh, you know, via just words, right? And I think that's a really good time to grab for grab Eraser. Uh, all you have to do is go to uh, tryeraser.com, click on the Try Now button, and then you'll immediately, without you know any sign up or anything like that, you'll be uh, sent to our app, and uh, and you can share the link on a Zoom chat or Google Meet chat, and you can uh, you know start drawing. And I think that's usually the magical. Kind of moment of that like frictionless experience of not only like getting the other person into the same space, but also the the kind of ease of use uh, when you start using Eraser. You know, there's no tutorial, there's no onboarding. It's it's you know we try to make it fairly obvious and intuitive. And you know, I think once you have a couple of those under your belt, that kind of like really easy experience of being able to express yourself in a way that's visual and not you know limited to just words. Uh, I think folks you know start slowly moving on to more. Real-time use cases like interviews, as well as you know, eventually planning docs and documentation too. Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, definitely gonna try it out. Uh, I'm actually going through your templates. If I created a, a board without signing in, how long does it stay shareable? Do you guys uh, delete that after the fact? No, no, it's it's forever. It's it's persistent. Okay, nice. It's like the uh, the GitHub gist of uh, <laughs> it's it's better than GitHub gist at this point. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so you know if if you. Um, yeah, it just becomes part of part of history. So you might want to hold on to that link too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might be hard to find, but yeah, I, I would say that the getting started. You, you, I'm a big fan of onboarding and like shortening the the steps to get to like whatever the the ah moment is. And uh, the fact that I can just hit try now, and uh, I'm already starting it with Markdown and a board, I can start creating some diagrams. Also, the fact you give me some templates to start with. Now my my brain's like, oh, cool. Let me just like my first thing I'm going to do right now is create an org chart <laughs> for the uh, from for my team to help because we're currently hiring and um, we we basically need to fill in some gaps and I need to clearly state what gaps we're trying to fill. But after this call, I'll create an org chart and uh, maybe I'll even share it with you and you can you can recommend some engineers for sure. Yeah, you, you know you'd be surprised how often teams use us to create uh, org charts and team structures. Um, those are those are popular concepts. Awesome. Well, speaking of popular, um, I, I know this is going to get really popular after this episode. People are going to be signing up. Definitely try it out. Thanks, Shen, for for coming and talking about Eraser. I did want to transition us to picks. So these things are this is what we're we're jamming on. Things that keep us going. Uh, I like to call them cleverly jam picks. And uh, could be music, could be food, could be tech related. All of the above is pretty good. And um, if you don't mind, how about you go first since you you came in pretty prepared? Sure, my pick. Uh... Is you know we're we're currently going through a a marketing website overhaul and so spending a lot of time in a tool called Webflow is a which is a WYSIWYG website builder that's you know powerful and and 
you know, I think very popular. But, uh, you know, I think the beauty of it is that anybody can go in and make edits uh, to the marketing copy, but it's not oversimplified. So, you know, you can do a lot of powerful things. You know, in our, you know, upcoming website, we're going to have, you know, 12 videos on our landing page. And, you know, we're going to have a gallery site where, you know, we, we actually embed the actual products on the iframe onto the, onto the marketing page. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's powerful. Um, at the same time, because it's easy to, to create one of these things, um, and there's, you know, lots of, uh, develop, webload developers in that ecosystem who you can hire for, I don't know, 5K, 10K to do an entire website. You know, I think you experiment more because you know that six months down the road, you could just do another website. And I think that's just kind of a new paradigm that, uh, that Webflow has enabled. Excellent. Yeah. I, I've considered Webflow multiple times. And I think our next homepage is going to be Webflow, to be quite honest. Uh, what I do like about it is that the designers can lead. So there's no sort of barrier of like, ah, can we make this happen in code? It's actually, can you make it happen in Webflow? Is <laughs> the, the answer I want you to answer. So that's the one enticing thing is like, I don't have a lot of, like, all of these landing pages are amazing. And I don't have the thought to answer a lot of those questions as an engineer. And, uh, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you, that you can unlock a lot of stuff uh, and kind of in scary ways, like you could remove engineers from the equation to get something deployed, which is like a, I want to keep engineers happy, keep the uh, the the dream alive, but also uh, we do need to unblock stuff and and ship. Right, right, and I mean, I think it allows you know engineers to focus on other things, right? Uh, whether it's product or DevOps, rather than you know on the marketing website. Excellent. Uh, any other picks? Uh, second one might be, you know, um, another uh, uh, software which is linear. Uh, another one that we use a lot internally. It's a you know next gen um, you know ticket management tool, and you know we we initially adopted it because you know as somebody who is you know building productivity tools and and you know we like to think of ourselves as as craftsmen. We saw linear as kind of you know uh, raising the bar in that regard, and you know it's it's been you know. True to its reputation, as we've been using it, whether you know its performance or you know keyboard-based flows, which you know we ourselves are a big fan of it, Racer, and the little details. Like I'll give you an example: if you paste in a, a Loom link in an issue, it'll automatically unfurl into an embedded video player without having you know installed a Loom integration or anything like that. It just knows to do that, right? Um, and so there's been a lot of delightful, surprising moments, and I think that's what we aspire to. To infuse into Eraser as well, so it's it's kind of been a great opportunity to you know be inspired. Yeah, we actually we're talking about linear internally. Um, uh, open, we have small engineering team, so not a lot of tooling we need today. Um, so we're still mainly just using all native GitHub features uh, as far as product management goes. But uh, I do like what Linear's done, and they've they've seemed to have really exploded in sort of feature set in the last uh, like probably year to be quite honest, because they've been around for a little bit. But yeah. Definitely something I need to check out uh, and see. You know, try to stay up to speed. You know, learning about Eraser today, Linear, Webflow. These are all things that I think at the end of the day, like the developer tool space is always unending of like ways to unlock and and 10x folks. Because like the the illusion of the 10x developer, I think it is a myth uh, for solo engineers. But you can 10x developers by removing a hurdle. Out of the way. So whether it's your design system or whether it's productivity, like that's how you TEDx. It's not actually getting people to work harder <laughs> for you, <laughs> uh, work smarter. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Um, 
I do have two picks. Uh, one pick is actually what I just had for lunch. Um, so I've had this go-to. Uh, whatever I, I, I feel like I need like an extra push in the healthy realm. Uh, my favorite salad is kale, pumpkin seeds, and like Parmesan. Uh, it's like oil, salt, and, and pepper. Um, it's not too bad. Like a little lemon juice. It's uh, It makes me feel better about maybe like the chicken wings I had the night before. Um, <laughs> so when I feel like I'm going down a bad path, uh, I can course correct by eating kale <laughs> at least for the rest of the week. Yeah. Is, is it homemade or are, are you ordering it from a restaurant? Uh, all homemade. So I, I did actually, there's a restaurant below when I used to work at Netlify um, in the dog patch. And uh, it's like the La Fromagerie. And it's a cheese shop that sells wine as well, but they also do lunch. And they had, this is a salad that they, they created, which is um, kale, parmesan, pumpkin seeds, and then dried figs with like some bacon. And uh, that's like my go-to. It's like, I don't, I don't pick salads for fun, <laughs> but this one's, this one's pretty good. It's pretty hearty. Uh, and it's got like enough in there that makes me feel good about myself. Um, so highly recommend y'all. Uh, I don't really have a great recipe, but if you are in the dog patch or if you're in San Francisco, rather, La Fromagerie, uh, which I'm sorry, my French is, the accent's not great, but order this salad, you'll enjoy it. The other pick I have is I, I'm uh, I'm a shoe fanatic. Uh, I'm not crazy like currently in the shot. I don't have shoes behind my my head right now and, and uh, on camera, but I have been a, a, a frequent visitor of StockX and um, I like finding deals. And I am a big fan of these. Um, at, basically, since the pandemic, I think like the Nike Blazer has got a, like a revive. They reissued the 1977 style, and uh, a lot of the kids are wearing them. I've got a pair, got a couple pairs now. And uh, I just ordered a new pair, which is like the the orange sale, um, which it's like a style, like, I don't know how, I'm not that in the shoes. I understand how all this works, but usually they partner with a designer. So basically the Nike check is bigger than normal. Oh, wow. And like, it's over like even the um, the sole of the shoe. So I think it looks pretty cool. It's when I wear my San Francisco Giants shirt, like it matches the orange of my shoe. So uh, I'm a big fan of it. And it's, it's kind of under the radar right now, so I was able to get like get it for less than a hundred bucks a pair of like, size twelve men's. Oh, wow! So I think it's a it's a cool style for something that's not blown up uh, to the to the like the Air Jordan ones. Those are kind of blown up to a place where unrealistic prices. <laughs> Sounds like it might appreciate in value in StockX in the future. Yeah, and and going back to the fintech, the original conversation we started with. StockX is, I, I love how fascinating this is about sort of the shoe, the basically streetwear culture at this point because they sell clothes now. But to be able to buy something for like, I don't really care about the value going up and down. I just care about if it's cost effective for me to buy it today because I'm not going to resell shoes. I, I think shoes, there's like this whole meme about shoes are made to be worn. <laughs> so like, I wear my shoes. And um, if I want another pair of shoes, <laughs> I'll buy another pair of shoes. So anyway, that's I don't know where I was going with that conversation, but yeah, that's that's my pick. Uh, yeah, and, and and StockX, I think you know it's a great like example of unbundling of you know like an eBay, right? And I think there's yeah, it's going to be more as as the internet economy you know grows and advances. Yeah, yeah, and I think specifically in dev tools because like you'd mentioned Miro being the sort of the the thousand pound gorilla in the room, um, like Eraser is solving a problem for developers in a way that Miro can't do. Well, technically they can do. Um, but their focus is so broad that they're getting mass adoption. So now it's just the landing expanding. So yeah, we'll talk off here more about like what I'm working on because I'm, I'm very in a very similar position where we're, we're focused, hyper focused on one problem uh, that we can do, execute well on. But with that, 
Thanks so much for the conversation, Shen. Thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to hearing more success out of Eraser. And uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all we have time for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter, at Jamstack Radio. This show is brought to you by Heavybit, the leading investor and developer for startups. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. 